Welcome into another edition of the Ebony Bird Podcast. I'm your host, Jake McDonald. Before we get into everything, you can follow us on Twitter at Ebony underscore Bird and check out our website, ebonybird.com, the official Baltimore Ravens affiliate of Fan Sided. I'm going to have to ask our audience to work with me. I'm a contributor, Jake McDonald, for uh, Ebony Bird. I this, this cold that I've had, if you've been listeners of the podcast, you'll know that I've been battling a little bit of a cold in the call for the past few weeks. It's turned into a sinus infection, and I've been on antibiotics since uh, Monday, so 24 hours. So uh, still don't have my voice, and I might have to cough throughout the duration of this podcast, but just bear with me. Um, I'm feeling fine. It's just a matter of getting my voice back, but we'll be dealing with that all throughout the night. So uh, joining me now is our site experts, Chris Sisler and Joe Schiller. You can follow Chris on Twitter at FootballMan58 and Joe Schiller at Joe Schiller with two R's. Joining us tonight to talk Ravens football. Again, you're listening to the Ebony Bird Podcast through either iTunes or Blog Talk Radio. Before we get into all of our topics, all of us have been all over the Ebony Bird app. You can check that out from the App Store to access all of our articles as well as our podcast content. Some of the recent articles we had up uh, from all three of us, I wrote a five takeaways piece that was uploaded yesterday. So you can check that out, uh, five takeaways following the Lions win. Ravens vs. Steelers, Pittsburgh look beatable on Monday Night Football uh, by Chris, and then it's Marlon Humphrey's time to shine for the Ravens by Joe. So real quickly, getting into it here, uh, the Ravens picking up a 44-20 win over the Detroit Lions on Sunday, their biggest offensive explosion of the year easily. Um, so guys, before we start breaking everything down, just uh, we'll go to the Chris and then Joe. When you watched everything unfold on Sunday, the Ravens had just have a great thing going on offense, forcing turnovers on defense. Some of the baggage, too, of the Jimmy Smith injury, we have to discuss at some point. But initial reaction to the Ravens' best game on offense of 2017. Well, I, think, I think the offense was starting to get going for a while now. I, I, I think it just hasn't really manifested in touchdowns and in good-looking football. I, I think they know what they want to do. They, I think they've known for a while what they want to do, and now they're doing it. Um, I want to see it for more than one week, but Joe Flacco looked comfortable in the pocket. He stepped up into the pocket for the first time all season, and he looked calm, cool, and collected. And he plays like that. The Ravens going to be hard to beat. And Alex Collins played well. It was just everything went well. And the offensive line did an incredible job considering um, – Anthony Zettel and Ezekiel Ansah have just been monsters this season in terms of pass rushing. Destroy the uh, Lions' pass rush was pretty awesome. Yeah, the offensive explosion couldn't have came at a more opportune time. I mean, this is one of those games that we talked about with the Steelers game is one of those ones that the Ravens could pull off. They'd be in a much better spot heading into the playoffs, and that's exactly where they are. Um, Joe Flacco looks great. Um, Alex Collins is now in the end zone for three straight games, which is great because he had that huge drought um, at the beginning of the season. Mike Wallace had over 100 yards in the first half, which was just, I don't know, it's just unexplainable. I don't think any of us saw that coming considering he's only has about 300 or 400 yards in the season. But it was just good to see them finish drives. I mean, the Lions kept it close in the second half with some defensive drives after Jimmy Smith got out, but the offense was still able to score get those points up, and it's just nice to see the defense get a little bit of a break for a game because they've just been dominating their way the past couple weeks. And you look, and the Lions are a good team. I mean, they're 6-6, six and six, but they play some great teams this year, and they're definitely one of the better opponents the Ravens have come up against. And the Ravens are getting hot at the right time. And if Joe Flacco continues to play the way he does, and if we can see this offensive 
um, performance happen for more than one week, then this is a team that can legitimately make a run in the playoffs because we know how much experience they bring to the table with Joe Flacco, with John Harbaugh. They've got the pieces on defense, even with Smith out. If the wide receivers can get going and college can keep running, I mean, they've got a shot. I'm not saying that they're guaranteed a win over the Steelers or the or the Patriots, but I think they could definitely find their way into the divisional round and possibly the AFC Championship. But obviously that's looking looking forward ahead. Yeah, you guys are absolutely right. I really think it just goes to show uh, the Ravens right now are the, the sixth seed in the AFC uh, playoff picture, and they now have some leverage on teams like the Bills and all the teams in the AFC West, just to name a couple. And now the with the Steelers being the Bengals last night, the Bengals are pretty much out of it, unless, you know, barring a major comeback. But um, really, we have to talk about the Jimmy Smith injury. Um, he's been battling Achilles tendonitis all, all season long in his left uh, Achilles. Finally, um, it ends up tearing on Sunday, just a non-contact play uh, when he was on the field covering. Uh, really not surprised when I saw it. I'm, you, you hear Harbaugh talk about it and you hear like, doctors say that it, there's a 50-50 chance as to whether or not it tears tendonitis. I guess it's just kind of bad luck. Um, but this is a player that's really dealt. He, he, he's a hell of a player. There's no doubt about that. He's one of the top cornerbacks in the NFL, uh, according to all the, the, um, the panelists out there. But, but the, the, the way in which he went down, just, just a really a sad scenario because of how much of a good season he was having. And the thing about Jimmy Smith is, despite how good he is on the field, he's had so many problems with, with his injuries. And aside from a concussion and a back injury here and there, it, they've all been foot or knee related, which is very concerning when you think about an aging player uh, like Jimmy Smith. We saw when he had the Liz Frank injury in 2014, it kind of took him about half the season to really look like old Jimmy Smith. And you have to think as a veteran player coming off an Achilles late in the season, he's not really going to be uh, himself most likely until a month or so or probably longer into the season. And then to add on top of that, he gets suspended, uh, you know, nailed after the, the day after apparently the team found out before the game. So they figured they would be without him anyway. But um, now the injury, he's, he, they were gonna, he was going to be suspended. Whether or not um, the performance-enhancing drug he took was related to his Achilles tendonitis remains unknown. We have yet to hear from Jimmy, and I doubt we will, we, we will hear from Jimmy until the suspension is over. Um, but luckily, he's gonna, even though he's going to be put on IR, or he's going to remain on the roster and just serve the suspension, um, I guess that's good news for next year because they'll have him back right away. But Joe and Chris, just really unfortunate circumstance here to a player who, before the suspension and before the injury, was looking at probably his first Pro Bowl season ever. Yeah, and he was playing like an all-pro, too. I mean, that's just how good Jimmy Smith was earlier this season. He came against some really good wide receivers and shot all of them down, aside from Michael Crabtree in the Raiders game. But it just it just sucks to see Jimmy Smith go down. I mean, he's only played a full 16-game season only twice in now seven years. It just kind of looked like the Richard Sherman injury where it just you just figured it was going to go sometime. And, I mean, the Ravens are unfortunately used to playing without Jimmy Smith, same thing kind of happened last year with that ankle injury. But I think the big thing now is we feel a lot more comfortable with the depth that Ozzie brought in with Brandon Carr and Kennedy back and the way Marlon Humphrey's been playing and Jalen Hill. You'd wish you had Tavon Young back, but, I mean, that's just the injuries the Ravens have suffered. But it sucks. I mean, it's a huge loss. I mean, I, you definitely can't replace Jimmy Smith with the Ravens to put themselves in a position where they can at least suffice for it better than they did last year. I mean, I feel a lot more comfortable with these guys than Sharice Wright and Gerard Powers trying to cover on the outside. And Harbaugh talked a little bit about, but a little bit about putting um, Kennedy on the outside as well. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. The PED incident was just was just weird because he got hurt and he figured he was out, and then you get the news of the PED suspension, and 
I guess he was going to try to appeal it. We're not really sure. The NFL doesn't have to disclose or tell us what um, exactly that he took. It's up to Jimmy and his agent, so I don't even know if they'll even say anything. Not like it really matters because he's already injured anyway. It just it just makes you think how, what his future holds because at his age now, I mean, Achilles injuries are so tough to come back from, and there's no guarantee he's going to be ready at the start of the season. I don't think you I don't think you'd expect him to be. So I think like we're going to get into, it's a big time for Marlon Humphrey to step up. But I no matter who's replacing him, it's always tough losing your number one quarterback. Yeah, I agree with a lot of what Joe just said. Um, it's the suspension, you know, it's not hard to understand why Jimmy Smith would use PEDs. A lot of times when people use performance-enhancing drugs, it's not to enhance their performance. It's to enhance their ability to fight injury and to stave off injury. And Mr. Injury is Jimmy Smith. Uh, Jimmy Smith had a great season, but now it's over. And Marlon Humphrey, Jalen Hill, you know, it's it's next man up. Uh, everyone was freaking out about Marlon Humphrey uh, giving up some big plays to Marvin Jones, and then he has the interception. And it's like, see, he's got this. Calm down. When you look at Marlon Humphrey, he's a rookie. He's going to take his lumps, but he's more than capable of – giving you a good performance, a solid, steady performance as a rookie. And Brandon Carr has been playing really well. I think you're going to see a lot more Ladarius Webb playing in the secondary. Um, a little Anthony Levine. Uh, Kennedy has been playing great. I think they're just going to have to do more with the secondary, and we're going to have to use sub packages more than we did. Other than that, though, I mean, we're. it's not going to matter if Terrell Suggs and Matthew Don are playing the way they are because they're winning off the edge and quarterbacks are going to have a hard time no matter who's covering their wide receivers right now. And this certainly leads us into our next uh, topic here on the Ebony Bird Podcast. How confident are we in Marlon Humphrey's ability to start the rest of the season, and could the Ravens look to sign more depth? We saw Antonio Cromartie um, voice his thoughts on Twitter, uh, but just with his age and the the amount of games he's played, I don't know if the Ravens would uh, look into that. They did bring up a player from the practice squad today that I've never heard of uh, before, so I'm certainly uh, the fact that they brought him up, they, he might just be a game day inactive for a couple of weeks, and they might have him there just to have the body. But just our ability to look at Marlon Humphrey and ask whether or not we're confident in him. I, just personally looking at it on Sunday, how the chance I think the Ravens have at making the playoffs right now is good. Uh, we've seen in the past that without Jimmy Smith, even though the Ravens are comfortable with playing without Jimmy Smith, they're used to it. It hasn't necessarily always worked out well, and we saw you know even times on Sunday. When Smith wasn't in the game, the Ravens' defense gave up big chunk plays of pass yards. Those chunk plays turned into turnovers late in the game, but they still happen. Um, I think Marlon Humphrey is going to be a great player for the Ravens a couple of years. I think they hit the nail on the head with the draft pick. I think they brought in a good kid who's really going to be something. But he's just a rookie, and he's not Jimmy Smith. Um, albeit, I think Marlon Humphrey is having a better rookie season than Jimmy Smith had. Uh, Jimmy Smith in his rookie season never really had to step in like this and play um, in a starting role in an extended period of time, and it's going to be the final month of the season here uh, for him. And a big test, obviously, this weekend coming up against the likes of Antonio Brown and Martavis Bryant, not Juju Smith um, anymore, the, the fact that what happened last night, which we're going to talk about later, because who doesn't want to talk about that game right now? Uh, but we'll go over to Chris and then Joe. How are you feeling about Marlon Humphrey having to line up as the regular starting cornerback opposite Brandon Carr? Well, it's no secret Marlon Humphrey's my guy. When they did the fan side of mock drafts, I mocked him to the Ravens. 
then everyone was like, oh, I can't believe the Ravens took Marlon Humphrey. Nobody saw it coming. It was like, yeah, I kind of saw if the receivers weren't there. He was the kind of best pick there. And I, I'm a big fan of Marlon Humphrey. I think he's going to have some struggles, but I think he's going to play over, overall well. I think he'll make up for it. The thing I like about Marlon Humphrey, he's got that short memory. I mean, that he doesn't dwell on the fact that Marvin Jones just got a big play on him. And a couple of those passes that Jones caught against Humphrey were underthrown balls where the adjustment is just something rookie corners aren't going to do. It's, that's something you got to grow into. There's going to be some lumps, but Marvin Humphrey's got the talent. He's got the recovery speed. He's perfect size for the corner. I, I guess, and he's got confidence. I just, I like his moxie and getting that interception late in the game did a lot for me because I said, Hey, this is not a guy who's going to dwell on anything. And at that position, you can't. So that's fantastic. I, I'm excited about it. I'm a little scared that Antonio Brown could take over the game, but honestly, I'm scared. If you don't have Jimmy Smith, I'm scared of just about any corner with Antonio Brown. He's the best receiver in football. And I don't think if Marlon Humphrey ends up covering Brown a bit and doesn't do well, we can really go, oh, well, he's a boss, or oh, he's not ready for this. You can't measure him by that. And the Ravens have to do a good job of helping Humphrey out or helping Carr out. Whoever's on Brown needs help. And I think Weddle's over the top. Uh, get a linebacker cheating over to the passing lanes to no quick passes. There's ways that we we know how to stop Antonio Brown, Marlon Humphrey or not, Jimmy Smith or not. Yeah, yeah. Just touching on the Cromartie thing real quick. I don't think it's ever going to happen, but it would be nice to have him there for his like 12 kids to help get a little more attendance in the Bank Stadium. If that <laughs> were to happen, that would be good. But um. <laughs> <laughs> just on the Marlon Humphrey thing. I mean, there's, I, he, I thought he played well when he shattered Antonio Brown a little bit earlier in the season when they first matched up. I mean, he's still a rookie, but I love how he rebounded, like Chris said, back with the interception after having a couple of tough plays against Marvin Jones. The, kid, the kid's been a big-time player at Alabama. He's been in the biggest stages, played in two national championships. I know that doesn't necessarily translate over to the NFL, but he's 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 used to being in these situations. He's used to being the big guy. He's used to being the starter. So he has confidence. And I feel better with the talent around him, especially having Jefferson and Weddle at safety and a proven veteran in Carr on the other side, which is always good. I mean, the Ravens drafted Humphrey with the expectation that he's going to be the successor to Jimmy Smith anyway. So I think it's good for the Ravens to get a look at how he's going to be. He's going to struggle. I mean, it sucks, that, it sucks for him coming up against Antonio Brown, T.Y. Hilton, Josh Gordon, and a bunch of talented receivers the next couple of weeks, but hey, the Ravens drafted him with the first round pick. They expect him to be able to play with these guys, even though he's, when he's a rookie. Um, I think it definitely also helps that he didn't have to start coming right in. I mean, having Smith and Carr there, Humphrey's really just been able to kind of integrate himself into the defense, get a little more comfortable, and I feel like every week we've seen him get progressively better and better. So, I mean, there's still a lot of questions going in. We don't really know what we're going to see because we haven't really seen him at a starting role the entire game. But like Chris said, like the, Ra- the Ravens are used to coming up Antonio- up against Antonio Brown. Like it's no secret that Antonio Brown is a good wide receiver. John Harbaugh knows that. Dean Pease knows that. They're going to play in their um, defense around him. And Brown hasn't necessarily played that well against the Ravens over the course of his career. Not that that means anything going into Sunday, but we'll get into it a little bit later. But this Steelers team just feels a lot more beatable than they did when the Ravens played them earlier in the season. 
We are the Ebony Bird Podcast. Again, I'm contributor Jake McDonald and your host. You can find me on Twitter at jmcdonald 95 or two site experts, Chris Schistler at FootballMan58 and Joe Schiller at Joe Schiller of two R's. On Twitter, joining us on Ebony Bird on either iTunes or Blog Talk Radio. Those are the listening outlets for our official podcast. You can check us out at ebonybird.com, ebony underscore bird on Twitter, and the Ebony Bird app. We're going to go into uh, the Ravens' explosion, uh, offensive explosion, 44-20, to went over the Lions, talking more about it in the minute, whether or not they're going to be able to sustain that in the playoffs. Uh, when I question, of course, with one of our fans out on uh, Twitter. Uh, of course, I just wanted to mention an exciting opportunity for me coming up this weekend for the second uh, year in a row. I will be helping out the Army Athletic Communications Office at the 2017 Army-Navy game from Philadelphia. And I'm going to be doing a lot of uh, help with uh, social media, particularly on Twitter and Snapchat. I've put a bunch of, if you're connected with me on LinkedIn or you follow me on Twitter or Facebook, I've put out... Um, a, a picture with all information on all the social media accounts you can follow to keep up with my game day experience uh, come Saturday because I won't be able to be logged in onto my social media accounts at all times. Uh, so definitely looking forward to that. And it sounds like fellow site expert Joe Schiller is going to be there as well. I'll be there all day at FanFest and the college game day. So, uh, Joe, it'll be interesting to see if we'll be able to catch up a, a little bit on, on Saturday. But uh, neither here nor there going back to the uh, – we'll go to you first, Joe, then over to Chris. Just going to the – uh, the Ravens' offensive explosion again, 44 points, their highest total on uh, Sunday of the season. We got a question by Casa uh, Do Corvo on Twitter who asked, can we hope for an offensive performance as good as last Sunday against the Steelers? Uh, so we'll go over to Joe and then Chris, what your thoughts are on this topic as we go ahead into the Sunday night football game against the Steelers. As much as I'd like to think it's not a fluke, it's, you just, this offense has been so inconsistent this year, and they had that big offensive explosion against the Dolphins last year when Joe Flacco threw for, I think it was three or four touchdowns. Rashad Perryman had that big game. So, I mean, I definitely like to think that they could. Um, the Steelers are going to be without Ryan Shazier, definitely. They're already without Joe Hayden um, when he got earlier when he got hurt earlier in the season. So, I think the Ravens, op- the Ravens have the opportunity to do that. It's just – I. I just hope Marty can continue this kind of consistency because we just haven't seen that at all. And the Ravens have had these games where they get where they get the offensive going, and then the week after it looks like they forgot how to play offense. So I'd really like to think so, and this is the Ravens' probably biggest game of the year So against their heated rivals. So I'd like to think the offense could come out and have an explosion, but I'm going to keep my expectations low from what we've seen most of the season. Yeah, I think the offense is going to play well against Pittsburgh, and I don't think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be good enough. I think I think you're going to see 24 points. I think 17 of them come from the offense of Justin Tucker, and I think you get a defensive score in there. That's I think 24 points beats the Steelers um, with the defense that we have. Um, so I I don't know if we're going to get a great offensive performance. I don't think we're going to get the same offensive performance. But I think we're going to control the game with some big-time drives. Uh, the Steelers' defense has a lot of vulnerabilities right now. The Bengals' offense isn't exactly great, and they gave the Steelers everything and then some. I think Mike Wallace is going to have some big plays down the field just looking at the matchups. Um, so, I mean, there's every every reason to think the Ravens can do it. But, you know, it's the Ravens' offense. We we have to see it. We act, we have to see it. We absolutely have to, you know. And 
one thing to keep in mind here, I mean, the Ravens, they've been kind of a mixed bag, both at home and on the road. I mean, we've seen them struggle in places like Minnesota, albeit they're one of the top teams in the NFL this season, but then they've gone into places like Oakland and like Green Bay that we really weren't expecting them to perform all too well in. Uh, Green Bay probably, probably set them to perform better than Oakland, but nevertheless, they did go in and were able to do it. So it will be interesting to see on a big stage on on Sunday night against the Steelers, who the, a team that... They have gone in there on prime time to Heinz Field in recent history and played them well, uh, picking up a couple of wins, including in the playoffs a couple of years ago. Uh, but the most recent one on Christmas Day last year was a, a loss that, that knocked them out of the playoffs, out of postseason contention. And, I, you know, I, coming into this game before this, this game on this, this particular week here against the Lions game, um, I was kind of really un, uncertain about not only the Lions game and now the Steelers game. And after everything we've seen transpire not only in the Ravens game on Sunday, but in the Steelers game last night, I think the Ravens have a really good chance to win this game, and I'm actually picking them, which we're going to get into later. Uh, and I think a big reason why the Ravens are going to be able to maybe not necessarily have as big of an offensive showing as they did on Sunday, but a decent one, uh, especially more decent than their Week 4 performance against the Steelers, which was probably one of the worst offensive performances of the season. A uh, big reason is because the Steelers aren't going to have Ryan Shazier uh and we got to we have to talk about the the Steelers game last night before we give our final picks for this Ravens game here. I don't even know what to say. You know, even after the 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 Shazier injury which occurred in the first quarter, I don't I I had a hard time watching the rest of that game. That was probably the the scariest back injury in football I've probably ever watched in my lifetime just from the way that it happened and the way that he his legs went limp and he immediately went for his uh his back and felt his hands to make sure he had feeling there. And then you had the other stuff even after that where uh, Juju Smith going after uh, Vontez Burfecht, who albeit probably has a lot of that coming to him, no matter how people feel about that. That's one topic we do have to really talk about, um, how we're feeling about that. And then also you had the play where Antonio Brown got hurt in the end zone, or not hurt, but hit in the, in the head of helmet-to-helmet collision. And Cincinnati is a place where Antonio Brown has gotten concussed before by Burfecht, and you get into all the craziness about comparing these one-game suspensions that both Juju and uh, George, the, the safety from uh, Cincinnati, both received one-game suspensions, and you compare that to uh, Rob Gronkowski's suspension, and just there's no consistency whatsoever. Uh, there's just a, 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 a lot to talk about, a lot going on to process with this game. So we'll go to, to Joe and then Chris. What were you thinking as you watched all that transpire last night? So I actually wasn't able to watch the game because I was – do a bunch of other stuff, uh, fishing up for finals, but I saw the replay of the Shazier injury and that's just so scary to watch. I mean, football is such a dangerous game and it's a very violent sport. I mean, no matter, I mean, we're all Ravens fans. I mean, I know we don't like the Steelers one way or another, one way or another, but you never wish on any kind of player. Um, it's just, I just feel so bad for Ryan Shazier. He's such a good football player and the leader of the uh, Steelers defense and, we haven't really gotten too much of an update on him. I know they said that he had some feeling in his back, and they've been pretty discreet on uh, disclosing the information, and rightfully so. But that's just a very scary inju- injury, and uh, you just hope he's okay. Um, when it just comes to the Steelers game, I, I don't know. It's just it's one of those games. They just were, I was at the game when in week four, and it was horrible to watch. I mean, the Ravens offense could not get anything going. Uh, the only saving grace was Alex Collins actually had a pretty good game. He ran trade two yards, didn't get into the end zone, but uh, his defense definitely, the Steelers defense definitely has some vulnerability. I think it's going to be a close game, 
like it always is with these two teams usually. Um, maybe go, I don't even know, maybe 2017 Ravens on like a last second Justin Tucker field goal. It just feels like one of those games where it's going to come down the wire. Um, I can, I really hope the Ravens win and I'm definitely picking them because that's all Eric Weddle in the post game press conference last week call out the reporters for picking them to lose. So I don't want to be the subject of that if Eric Weddle's somehow listening to this podcast. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, this is a different, um, Steelers team and I think it's a different Ravens team. So I, I hope we see a completely different result. And I think the Ravens go into this game with a lot better chance than, uh, I think the rest of the fans and media are going to give them. Yeah, I'm going to go Ravens 24-10. I know that might sound like, wow, uh, really, it's always a close down to the field goal. Yeah, I, I think the Ravens are going to go in there. I think they're going to surprise a team that is not the best 10-2 team I've ever seen. Um, I, I think the Steelers have had an easy schedule. They have three superstars that allow them to take care of business against the teams they should be. But the Baltimore Ravens are coming to town, and they are going – to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I'm feeling it. Uh, I think Matt Judon and Terrell Suggs are going to tear apart the Steelers off of the line. I think Willie Henry, Brandon Williams, Michael Pierce, I think they're going to have huge games. I I don't think Le'Veon Bell is rushing for over 100 yards. He rushed for 144 yards last time. I don't see that happening. The Ravens are a completely different team right now. Brandon Williams is going to be in this game, and uh, another big thing is Kamala Akrae is not going to get a lot of playing time like he did the last time. Um, so I, I just I think the Ravens defense is going to take care of business. Ben has been struggling to get into a groove in a lot of his games this year, and he has his superstars around him, and it kind of gets – I think we're going to give better Alphasburger an awful day. And I'm just feeling it. So give me Ravens 24-10. Could be closer, but I think the Ravens come out with a win, and I think it's a statement. I'm going to go Ravens over Steelers 20-17. to I think uh, just looking at the Steelers, their struggles against bad competition, they lost to the Bears and they struggled against teams like the Browns, Colts, Packers, and Bengals. Uh, where, I mean, I guess we're all going Ravens here. Where are you guys as far as everything that happened last night, particularly uh, the Juju Smith hit on Vontez Perfect? I think the hit itself was dirty. I know some people uh, that have played football are defending uh, the speed of the game and how it's a vicious sport, but regardless – the way football was played in the 1970s and the way it's played now is completely different. And if we're looking at it from a rulebook standpoint, that hit was completely dirty, I believe. Um, and then you also have the opinion of, well, Burfecht is one of the nastiest players in the NFL. He deserves it, which I don't disagree with at all. I'm just saying, observing from an analytical standpoint, what Juju Smith did was taunting. And we saw Antonio Brown screaming in the locker room how it was karma and everything. Uh, not only that, we can talk about that, and then also talking about uh, the, the suspensions handed out, the one-game suspensions to the Bengals' safety, whose name I'm not going to pronounce right, that hit Antonio Brown, the one-game suspension that was handed out to Juju, and then the one uh, that was handed out to Rob Gronkowski from what he did to Tredavious White. The lack of consistency, just the way that, I mean, and Smith didn't even get, eje- Juju didn't even get ejected on Monday night for his actions. Um, I'm not certain what happened in the Bills game, but just no matter what is happening, and there was a lot going on all around the NFL this weekend in terms of just helmet-to-helmet hits and dangerous plays, but Chris and then Joe, where are we on everything that has uh, transpired over the past several days? Well, first of all, the Ryan Tazir thing was was uh, painful to watch because it showed you how 
any football player can have that happen to them. So that that was that was rough to watch. Um a the Rob Gronkowski thing, um honestly, if he got suspended for the season, I don't think that a lot of people would have a problem with that. I mean there's only five games left and that was one of the worst things I've seen in sports, not just football, sports. I it was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen anyone do on the football field. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster, um, you know, he was going to block perfect one way or the other in that game, but I think he went high, and I think he, his emotions were the reason he went high, and that was uncalled for. Um, a young player doing something that he shouldn't do, I think he'll learn from that. I'm not that upset about the Juju Smith-Schuster thing in the sense that, you know, he was going to block him one way or the other, but, you know, he went a little high on purpose, and that's the problem. Um, I don't think it was as malicious as some people are making it out to be, but I don't think he wanted to be uh, safe. Let's put it to you that way. That game was hard to watch um, in, in terms of the violence. It just it looked like they just didn't give a crap about each other as people. I mean, they just hate each other, and that's fine, but you got to draw the line at sportsmanship, uh, even against the Steelers or Ravens. You know, they're going to shake their hands at the end of the day. Before Joe goes real quick, I just want to say I think this rivalry has definitely overtaken Ravens and Steelers as the most physical rivalry in the NFL. And I think there are – I mean, even though that this, it hasn't been as – uh, severe as as long as the Ravens one has been with the Steelers. I don't. I can't remember all as many violent hits in a, such a short period of time as what happened is what's happening now. Like if it keeps going at this rate, there could be just a longer history between Ra- or Steelers and Bengals than Steelers and Ravens. It is something to to monitor though as we go as we go forward. Yeah, the Ravens and Steelers play physical football. It looks like the Steelers and Bengals play violent football. I mean that Juju Smith Schuster hit. I mean, he definitely knew what he was doing. He stood over Burfitt and taunted him after the play. I think even when you're a rookie, you know the kind of resume Burfitt has coming in with all of his hits. And if you get the chance to hit him, you're going to do it. I mean, obviously the rookie is going to learn from it. But, I mean, when you hear Antonio Brown yelling in the background, karma in the postgame press conference, like, I think the Steelers have a pretty good idea of how they feel about Vontez Burfitt. And I think the rest of the league pretty much feels that way as well. And rightfully so because he's had a lot of dirty hits throughout his career. The Gronkowski one was just very shocking. Like, I know he's a very uh, physical player, emotional player, but just to do that as, as a veteran, too, in a Bill Belichick team, like, that was just a bonehead move. I mean, he gets the rep for being not a very smart player, and I think that's kind of overblown, but that was a stupid play. That was so dumb. And if you look at the Gronkowski hit and the Juju Smith-Schuster hit and the Antonio Brown hit, and you, look, you compare all those three next to each other, there's no way that every single one of them should deserve a one-game suspension. They're all different hits, and I think that it just shows how the NFL is so inconsistent. I think Gronkowski could have easily got more than one game. The Smith-Schuster hit, you can argue, I mean, he was making a crackback block. Obviously, I think that is a dirty play, but, I mean, one-game suspension, I think, is warranted for that. I mean, hell, Aqib Tlaib and Michael Crabtree each got one game for literally beating the shit out of each other. So I'm not sure how that, like, helps either. I mean, the NFL is just so inconsistent with these things, so... I mean, are you surprised about this? No. But, I mean, I wasn't surprised that they upheld Smith-Schuster's penalty, and the one in Antonio Brown was obviously getting back from the Vontez Burfitt hit. So, I mean, I think those retaliation ones should be even taken more seriously because it's kind of like when a pitcher 
throws at a player, throws at a batter in baseball, and you know the other pitcher on the other team is going to throw at him at the next guy. So it's one of those things where I think the NFL just needs to learn just like the basics of suspensions and just like how to handle things because they just look really bad with how they've handled a lot of these things this year. Yeah, Gronkowski, he literally like as Tre'Davious White was down, literally fell on him, tried to hit him in the head, and knocked him out as a result and gave him a concussion. I mean, that's no different than getting into a fight in the stands and knocking somebody out cold. Like, it's it's almost, it's criminal almost, you know? Yeah, that, that's like assault pretty much, but you're wearing football pads, and I guess that makes a difference even though it doesn't really. But, I mean, if you look at the play before, I mean, White was on him, and, I mean, he had, they had hands on each other, but... You you feel differently if Gronkowski was a rookie, but this guy is a veteran. He is a proven player. It's just I just can't believe I just can't I just have to wonder how Bill Belichick responded to that. Well, I, I wonder if Raven did that if he gets suspended for more than one game. That's just, I think they would. I think they would. Maybe. Well, coming up against the Steelers, you know, the, with the history of the Ravens' rivalry, we'll have to see if anything similar to what happened this past weekend happens. I certainly hope it doesn't. Um, but and I think the Steelers, after the just the emotional uh, roller coaster they've been through over the past 24 hours, they're probably going to probably lay low this weekend and try not to get into too much trouble, considering they're already beat up. Uh, so it sounds like we're all confident heading into the. Uh, Sunday night game, I know before the Steelers and Bagwell's game, I was not nearly as confident about uh, the Ravens going to Pittsburgh and winning as I am now. But due to the recent events, especially of last night's ball game between the uh, Bengals and Steelers, I certainly feel better now. So hopefully uh, the Ravens will go into Sunday night uh, in Pittsburgh on primetime football for the whole world to see and pick up a win over the Steelers and keep their playoff hopes alive. They do control their own destiny. Uh, so it will be very interesting to watch. Again, I'm contributor Jake McDonald for Ebony Bird, the official Baltimore Ravens affiliate of Fan Sided. I am your host. You can follow me on Twitter at jmcdonald95 and our two site experts, Chris Schiffer at FootballMan58 and Joe Schiller at Joe Schiller with two R's out on Twitter. Download the Ebony Bird app to follow all of our uh, posts and podcast posts as well. And, of course, you're listening to this podcast on either iTunes and Blog Talk Radio. So, for Chris and Joe, I'm Jake McDonald. Enjoy the game, and hopefully when we come at you next week, which by the time we come back to you next week, I'll be done taking my finals for this semester. Uh, We certainly hope we are talking to you after yet another Ravens win.